Hello, gentlemen, and welcome to the Steal the Puck podcast, Series 2, Episode 2, the show which talks about everything Sheffield Steelers related. Today, I'm by myself, and it's going to be a very stripped-back episode, as you can probably tell already. The truth is, personal things have been going on in my life. I've had a job interview recently. Well, today, in fact. So the day that it's going out, I've had a job interview this morning. Um, For those that care, it went okay. You know, a job, a job interview is a job interview. You, you never know how you've done until you receive the outcome of it. So that's the reason I didn't, or I wasn't able to get anything out yesterday, is the fact that quite literally I just didn't have time. You know, I've got to prioritise some things in my life and unfortunately some things have to, <laughs> you know, be sacrificed in order to get the best possible outcome from the situation and hopefully... I've got the job, but you never know. That's um, that's up to the people at the company to decide. So, as always, the Steel Up podcast very much follows a similar sort of, I don't know, structure every week or whenever one gets put out. Obviously, so far this season, we've had one, one at the start. Uh, we missed last week due to the season not starting yet, but this week we're back and we're back in form because obviously the season's in full flow and we've got off to the best possible start in our Elite League campaign, which is fantastic to see. So we're going to look back at this weekend, four-point weekend, which is absolutely fantastic for us. Um, the exact sort of start we wanted to get off to. Obviously, Coventry at home was a difficult game on paper. You know, we can stop underestimating the Blaze, especially after all these years. You know, they've started to show us what sort of club they actually are, you know, what sort of team we're going to be up against every time we play them. I think the Steelers did incredibly, incredibly well to see out the Blaze and to see, to get through, to get the points, because it looked like at one stage that the Steelers were not going to get anything from the game. I remember watching it on Saturday and obviously the Blaze did take the lead, which I thought was a bit unfair and a bit against the run of play, but it's hockey and that sort of stuff is going to happen throughout the season. I think the Steelers did well to get back in it with uh, Colton Saucerman's goal. It was a great um, great shot from near to the blue line and it was something that the Steelers needed. I thought it would give them a bit of a jolt. Obviously, the Blaze got back into the lead as well. Um, but the Steelers just seem to, I don't know, ooze a little bit of confidence going into the third period. Got the equaliser almost midway through um, the final period and then scored in overtime through a very, very well-taken goal um, from a new player. And I must admit, guys, off the top of my head, I can't quite remember his name. I haven't been able to get any notes in front of me. I haven't been able to prepare all day for this podcast. And obviously, I've got no one with me either. So it's going to be quite a tough one, as you can tell. But I don't want that to detract from the listening experience, if it can, possibly. I think, as well, what struck me on Saturday was the crowd seemed to get right behind the players from the start. I mean, I know that the atmosphere isn't great at the best of times at the arena, and it can be quite almost a bit of a morgue, you know, If it, even if it's a, a big crowd, we're really quiet. But 7,500 on a Saturday night, we seem quite lively, seem quite, I don't know, up for it. 
And obviously when the overtime winner went in, it was, well, it was just fantastic to see. And it's a good way to get your season underway. You wouldn't have really wanted to lose that game on paper. Um, the Blaze, although I don't want to be disrespectful to them, I thought they were okay. You know, I thought they were pretty average. I think they'll be mid-table, even though I predicted them a bit lower than that. But having watched them um, on Saturday, and obviously they beat the Devils on the Sunday in the Challenge Cup. So they're no mugs, you know, they really are battling with the teams that are going to be at the top of the table towards the end of the season. And they took us to the wire as well on Saturday. And I think we have a really good shot of winning the league this season. But obviously it's early days. And that comment might come back to bite me on the arse by March time. But yeah, I think it was a great performance. And we needed to build on that in Guildford on Sunday. And we absolutely did. You know, Guildford finishing second place last season. What a team that Paul Dixon's created. Although I have predicted them to finish sixth this season. And that's based on the fact that they haven't really improved on their squad. They've kept the core, which is always good for a side to do, no matter what sport you're playing. If you keep your core, you're always likely to push on from your previous season's uh, accomplishments, should we say. It's one of them, and they've kept that core. Obviously, they lost Daniel Tedesco to the Belfast Giants, which is, well... It's one of them things. Belfast have a lot of money. They're always going to come in for your better players, you know, no matter what team you are. They're always going to be knocking on the door and um, saying, look, give me that bloody player, you know, if he's any good. And the Flames, I thought, were going to finish probably sixth. I'm going to stick with that. Obviously, the Steelers going down to Surrey on a Sunday evening. It's never an easy place to go, the Guildford Spectrum, but we've had so many good days down there in recent years. I remember going down in November of 2021 and seeing us win, I think it was maybe by f four or five on the day. Um, that were really good. And I remember going down there thinking, God, it's going to be a tough game, this small rink, sort of intense crowd, right on top of the players, obviously, with how the rink's set up. But no, I thought we did really well. And we did excellently well on Sunday to come away with the 3-1 three, three victory with uh, the newly found captain Robert Dowd grabbing himself a brace, which is absolutely fantastic for him. He's a really, really good player. And I know I was a bit harsh, especially on Twitter, when he got announced as captain. And I think the overwhelming response was, you know, shut up, he's a good captain. And I must admit, you know, I've <laughs> I've got to turn around and say, He's proved he didn't have anything to prove in the first place. But if anything's going to cement the fact he needs to be captain, it's that, you know, a real steal of performance. And I know Ben Chappell was saying on the previous podcast that if anything, if anyone epitomises what it is to be a sealer, it's Robert Dowd. You know, he's been with the club for absolutely yonks now. He's almost as long as I've been alive. So he's a real sort of... Eight, I'm not sure what the term is, but he's a he's just a out and out stealer. And moving on to the uh, next bit, um, normally I'll preview what's coming up this weekend, and I will do that. But I've got to make a real admission here: the side this season, um, the Steelers side, I have not researched them, and it was really really awkward because. I've always done it for the seasons gone past, but to be honest, 
I've been looking for jobs over the summer and I've never really had a chance to have a proper sit-down look. So prior to the game on Saturday at the arena, I was furiously memorising the Steelers' lines and the forward lines, the forward and defensive lines, like he plays here, he plays here, he plays here. And I was doing that to myself for a good 10, 15 minutes, just going over each player. Where are they? What line are they on? Where are they? What line are they on? And in the end, it worked. And I more or less knew every single player that was playing. And I memorised the defensive partnerships. Um, So that is a a bonus. And I'm going to talk about the defence, actually, from Saturday. I thought they were exemplary. I, I really, really did. I think they got caught out a couple of times on sort of bad line changes, sort of hanging high a little bit. But one player that really impressed me was Colton Zorsman. And... He's a real imposing character, as well as Kevin Tanzi as well. You know, two really, really big, imposing characters. And it's something that the Steelers have missed in seasons gone by. Obviously, we had that um, Keaton Ellaby a few seasons ago. And he's my least favourite Steelers player probably in the last six or seven years that I've been watching. Um, So I don't really want to speak about him. But when you see... These two, well, all six defenders I thought that were out on Saturday were fantastic. And that's Petgrave included. And I've been, you know, a biggest boo-boy of Petgrave since, I don't know, any any player I've seen before. Um, but again, he doesn't have to prove anything to me, but he was excellent on Saturday. He's really, really good. Yes, he got caught out a couple of times, you know, being a bit of a progressive D-man, but he certainly looks like he's worked on his defensive game. Um, obviously he's an offensive forward so he will play that high risk, high reward game but it looks like he's worked on his defensive play and I mean, I'm the first person that needs to work on their defensive play I'm a player, I'm terrible but I need to work on my defensive play as well um, but he's worked on his and it's very clear to see he's certainly less he gets forward a bit less than he did last season I think he maybe. I don't know. You know, did he realise that maybe you were getting forward a little bit too much? Who knows? And I don't want to criticise the players because I'm not a hockey coach myself. I don't know what positions they want them to play and stuff like that. So I'm just going to leave it up to the professionals, I think, from now on. Moving on to the previews. So is it looking good, I believe, this uh, section is called? I don't have my notes in front of me, as I've said, um, because I've had to do very last-minute preparation for this and I do apologize how stripped back it is and how like the lack of jingles that are in this this week but I wanted to get something out there and I think this is the best way to do it you know me just talking into my phone for hopefully 20 minutes or so um looking at the previews for this weekend obviously we've got Nottingham on Saturday now that's in the Challenge Cup um in Nottingham quite expensive ticket prices this season in Nottingham I must say um so I won't be going myself (laughs) I don't know if anyone's going to make the trip to Nottingham, um, but I think I will definitely be going to a few away games this season because I've recently just bought my own car. So that is an absolutely fantastic achievement in my life, if anyone cares. But Nottingham on Saturday, I'm not going. I'm going to go to the pub. So I think we're going to go to Nottingham and win. You know, it's it's always it's almost like a playground in the last few years for the Steelers, isn't it, Nottingham? You just sort of go there expecting to win. It'll be a real disappointment if we don't because everyone goes up with the high expectations of putting a few goals past the Panthers and barely hearing their golf song. 
Um, so I think we'll go there and win. Obviously, they didn't get off to a fantastic start to the season against the Manchester Storm. Um, Manchester looking stronger than ever this season. I did predict them to finish 10th. Um, I jokingly predicted the Nottingham Panthers to finish in first. So we'll see. But I think the Steelers will definitely go there and win. We've got the um, we've got the defence sorted out, I think. We've got the forwards sorted out. I just think, in general, it's almost a pleasure watching the Steelers, isn't it? It's Especially after last weekend, it's they're still obviously gelling together as a side. But I pointed it out on my Twitter in the first um, first period of the Coventry game. We look like more of a unit than I've ever really seen us before. Obviously, maybe not in the seasons where we've won the league, won Cups. But especially since COVID, it's the best I've seen the team look like they're connected and are really, really a part of you know one big unit. I think we looked very sharp going into the game. We looked faster in the first period. We looked stronger. We, you know, we were more physical. And this is something I believe that Aaron Fox has probably worked on. He wants this team cohesion going forward. He doesn't want us to be just a team of individuals, which I think last season we may have been more of a team of individuals, like maybe less of a less of a unit. I keep saying that word, but the unity of the team is what I think will drive us forward this season. I think we'll have a really good season. League game on Sunday against the Cardiff Devils. It's always going to be a tough test against the Cardiff Devils because they're always a strong side. I don't think I've seen the Steelers beat the Devils at the arena for quite a while. Um, and it's always sweet when you do because, you know, they've took some crap from us in the past couple of seasons. They've took, what was it, in the 16-17 season? They won the league after we were sort of favourites to win it. They won the league in 17-18 as well. 18-19, they missed out to the Belfast Giants. 1920 Belfast won it. 2021 Belfast won it. Well, they didn't win it in 1920 Belfast, but they say they did. So it's one of them. Um, they're a tough side. Um, they look ridiculous, really. But we did beat them twice in pre-season um, with the 1-0 victory. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I must say, who who's ever really seen a 1-0 victory in a pre-season game? I didn't go to that game. Um and I've, I explained my reasons in the um, in the past podcast that I don't really want to pay my money to see sides that I'll see three times a season anyway. And I think that's fair, you know. I think maybe if you're an avid hockey fan, you'd sort of go at every opportunity. But I think with someone like me who doesn't really have a season ticket, it's more like, well, I pay to see it every week anyway. Um, why would I want to go and watch an extra one where the game doesn't really mean that much? Now, from what I, from what Ben said... You know, we looked really good and he's really keen on a lot of the players that we've signed. Um, I could name the, the, all the defenders off the top of my head um, if I wanted to. Um, the forwards, however, because there's more of them, I sort of struggle with names a little bit. So I've just, <laughs> I've got to try and improvise here as well um, on what I want to see from them. However, I think we look strong. Well, I've said this twice already on this podcast but we look strong and it's something that's really gonna hold us in a high regard to the rest of the league is we are looking strong the rest of the teams in the league 
perhaps don't look as strong as us. You know, with players that they've lost, maybe re-signings that they don't... Yeah, re-signings that aren't, repli- aren't replicating the players that they've lost. I think I'm going to use Belfast as a great example. Although I think they've got some real quality in the ranks, you lose two players such as Scott Conway and David Goodwin and you're going to take years to replace them. Yes, they've got a few good players, but they haven't got like they haven't replaced them with quality. Whereas I believe the Steelers have got rid of maybe some dead wood and replaced them with quality in players that are maybe going to really score well in the league. I think, especially the the guy, I really, really wish I could come off this app and say, oh, this player who scored the winner in overtime, and someone's hopefully going to comment on Twitter who scored it, but I can't go on my flash score app, otherwise I'll lose my recording. So the player that scored the overtime winner, I really, really like the look of him the other day. He's quality. He was one of my favourites when I was watching it. It's really bugging me that I can't remember his name for the life of me. But he was excellent, wasn't he? So it's one of them things. And this weekend, I'm really looking forward to seeing how we get on. The Saturday, as I've said, it should be a win. I'm really, really hoping that if we play like we did against Coventry on Saturday last week, we'll win on Sunday against the Cardiff Devils as well. So with that comes my predictions. So on the Saturday, I'm going to go that we're going to get two wins this weekend. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily mean a four-point weekend in terms of the league. It means two and two. So I think we're going to get a comprehensive 5-1 win in Nottingham. I really do. I think we're a cut above at the minute. Um, and on the Sunday, I think we're going to beat the Devils again by probably the odd goal. So I'm going to go for a 3-2 regulation win against the Devils. I think it's probably going to be one of them where we win. We probably go a couple of goals up, but then they pull it back towards the end. It's one of them. I also put out this week um, viewer, uh, sorry, viewer questions, listener questions. Um, so Mark Pashley um I believe, asked, are the lines working? Uh, the truth is, Mark, I think they were brilliant the other day. I really do think the lines were working well, um, especially the defensive uh, defensive pairings. I think one that particularly stuck out to me was um, Nicholas Lemmerlein and, and Sam Jones um, as the defensive pairing. Although they're obviously the third line, third choice defenders almost. I thought they were... They, sorry, them two are more of our defensive defenders. And being on the third line, I thought they looked really strong, um, despite where they were. I think Nicholas Neverline is certainly a player that's going under the radar a little bit. I think maybe sometimes he gets a bit of bad critic, but I think he's I think he's very good. Sam Jones works well with him as well. Um, we have also got the defensive pairing. I'm gonna I'm gonna remember it. We've got Tanze and Petgrave as well. So, and then. I believe, is it Tansy and Petgrave and then Sorceman and Diffley? I believe that's how it goes. Yeah, it is. Petgrave, Tansy, Sorceman, Diffley, Neverline and Jones. You see, I memorised them on the top of my head. Fantastic. Anyway, I think the defensive lines are definitely working. They must be working because I can remember them. And that's something you'll never really see, especially from my awful name knowledge. Um, the forward lines, I think, are working as well. Um, obviously, someone asked about 
Cameron Keeley. He's a forward, I believe. Oh, God. You see, this is where I need my notebook in front of me because I will have made a note of this. However, I, didn't, I don't have time. You know, I think anyone that's going for a job interview might have to just put that first. Um, especially if you do a podcast, just put it first. Or people that do podcasts probably have a, a good job anyway. Um, so another question was... Oh, I can't read my own handwriting here. And I'm, I really do apologise for this very, very stripped back episode. Um, oh, yeah, I've written here bad impressions. So someone asked about who's made a bad impression. And the truth is, I really don't think anyone's made a bad impression so far. I think we've looked very good um, in all all departments. I, I only think the only bit that miffed me a little bit on Saturday was sometimes when we got caught out with the line changes or the, you know, the long passes where our defence are a bit too high is the lack of tracking back and the lack of sort of breaking your arse to try and get it back and retrieve the puck from the forward going through. There was a couple of occasions where it happened where the, the forward seemed to just break through and the defenders that were on the ice almost were like, right, we'll just leave this one to Greenfield um, and just let them sort of skate through. And obviously, when I sit in two twenty at the arena, it's a good view of the defensive uh, defensive lines and how how quickly they're sort of tracking. And I wish I was a analysis, but I'm not. But you could see that they they weren't, as I said, breaking their asses, trying to get back, which is something that I've always been taught to do if I was defending. However, I don't know if they've been told maybe just to leave it to Greenfield. I doubt it, but. That's something that annoyed me a little bit. Um, and yeah, so the last thing I'm going to talk about is the Thompson hit on um, on our player. As I've said, it was the guy who got the winning goal. Um, and this is what I mean. I, I, I know the face. I know where he plays. I know he's a forward. He's a good skater. Why can I not just put a name to the face? It's really bugging me, and I'm sure it's bugging you as well. But the hit was bad, it wasn't nice. It was definitely worth a five, five-plus game. I don't think it's necessarily worth a suspension. I think it was a bad at the time, but not terrible and not injury-causing, as we noticed with the winner. Um, it, it's one of them, I believe, Tanze, obviously, is escorting him off the ice. is a good showing to the players of, like, no one's, I'm not going to take any any crap from you sort of thing. Um, it's something that we've missed, I believe, in the past. And yeah, I think the thing about him maybe offering a warning to the Blaze player, I don't know if it's been twisted by Bob Westerdale in the start or what. I haven't... I've read the article, but I don't know what the exact quote was from Kevin Tanzi himself. Um, so I'd say it was... Yeah, he, he he needs to answer the bell, I'd say, Thompson. Um, because you shouldn't be hitting like that, you know. It's it's not nice. And I know people will say, oh, yeah, it's a part of hockey. It shouldn't be because it's dangerous. You know, I wouldn't want to be ploughed into the boards behind by some six-foot um, ragamuffin, like, getting boarded. So, it's, yeah. I think he potentially does need to answer the bell. I mean, we saw the Manchester Storm player do it with David Phillips a few seasons ago where he'd put in a bad hit and the first game back, uh, David Phillips was, you know, took to task about it. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. 
you never know, dear. That's the thing. And I might go to Coventry actually to watch that game. It looks like quite a good game. Um, and yeah, Cameron Keeley. Who knows if he's going to get back into the side uh, or into the side, should I say? Um, I hope I hope he does for his his, his sake himself. Um, but it's just where he fits in and where he slots in. And I'm sure people will be able to decide that on Twitter. I'm going to finish today's episode with um, a few predictions uh, for the weekend. Sorry, I've just done them. You know, I've, I've done it in a different order today. Um, I'm really surprising myself with some of the things that I'm coming out with. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed this very disjointed episode of the podcast. It's been pretty difficult talking to my phone for 25 minutes as you can probably imagine on my own but it's you know it's practice for presenting if I ever need to um and yeah I hope you have enjoyed it and it won't be like this again you know next week I'll be back with jingles bit of music breaking it up a little bit um and yeah I, I hope you've enjoyed this week I do apologize and I'll hopefully see you in the next one see you later